When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreasen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. All right, today's guest is Elizabeth Convery and Elizabeth's motto is life is too short to do anything less than what you love, right? Her passions are real estate and hospitality. She went to school for both, right? And she's built her career dedicated to both. She's worked in uh, commercial. She has worked in finance. She has worked in acquisitions and she is created a brokerage in Philadelphia dedicated to client service led by the hospitality industry. So she's cultivated those skills from graduating from the, with a master's of management and hospitality from Cornell University and has wrapped her team culture up around that. She created very real estate to fill a need in the Philadelphia market, which is the city that's been home for her family for generations. Okay. It's been dominated by large box franchises, and she saw a need for a small niche company. She ultimately went and um, teamed up with Compass, and she talks about that on the show. She is a delight to talk to, and we can't wait to have Elizabeth on the show today. I can't wait to find out all the stuff about her team and how she's built it. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thanks for making the time. Of course. Um, So anyway, Elizabeth, give us your background. What hospitality background do you have? How'd you get into real estate? When? Yeah, awesome. So um, Elizabeth Convery, I run the Very Real Estate team. We partnered with, we were a boutique shop that partnered with Compass Real Estate in 2019. Mm -hmm. So we were one of the early agents for Compass in the Philadelphia market. So we're based in Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, My team is 15 people. They span geographically from New Jersey to Chester County, which is about a 25 mile distance straight across. So it encompasses quite a few different markets, both city, suburban, uh, you know, across state lines. So I started the business in 2013, but my background is actually commercial real estate. I started in uh, commercial appraisal. And then I moved over to the investment side of the business. I worked for a fund management group investing in commercial real estate throughout the U.S. I went back to grad school when the economy got really bad. I I left, I quit my job, kind of like a crazy person. I I left in a bad economy, uh, a good job, but I went to school for hospitality. Um, And I studied hospitality with a focus in real estate finance. And it was a really cool way for me at least. 
Yeah, it was interesting because I got to see like all the theory behind all of the deals that I had put together in my in my real, you know, my real life. So I saw the academic side of it. And then I moved to New York and I was a hotel broker. So that's how I married hospitality and real estate. Uh And I worked for JLL. But I ultimately was I was really unhappy. I had this like glamorous job working in New York City selling full service luxury hotels. But I wasn't like excited to get out of bed anymore. Do you ever feel that way? Where you're just like, yeah, where I was like, I should be happier than I am, but I wasn't, right? So I had this, I I laugh now because I'm almost 40, but I had this crisis of 30. Mm -hmm. I was turning 30 and I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my career? I hate this. And so I decided to make the switch into residential real estate because I was having this like need. I'm an old millennial. I was born in the early 80s. And they say the millennials need to connect with their work emotionally. And I really resonate with that. And I wasn't connecting with my work. And I wanted to really make a difference in my profession. And I found that the switch into residential allowed me to do that. So I started my business in 2013 back in Philadelphia, which is my hometown. Very cool. So, all right, Chris, so you've got a lot of stuff to ask. This is really Yeah. Cool. Oh, good. All right. Throw yeah, I love it. All right. Yeah. So let's, I, I do want to get, um, I, I don't know the order to talk about anything because I, I just love this whole conversation. All right. So, so you started in 2013 and it was just you and it's, you started as a designated broker, your own boutique or did you? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I was working in New York and I wanted to start, I wanted to get into residential real estate and I wanted to come back to Philadelphia. So I came back to Philadelphia. And Philadelphia time, originally, I grew up just outside of Philadelphia in a suburb of, New, of in New Jersey. So I come back to Philly and I'm interviewing with like all these brokerages and I just wasn't feeling that I fit like culturally with the mm-hmm. brokerages that were prominent in Philadelphia, you know, 10 years ago. And so I thought maybe I should start my own, you know, let me look into what that looks like as far as licensing goes. And I had enough experience that I could sit for the broker license. But I kind of tell you, I was in New York and I was still working in commercial real estate, but I was like hemming and hauling. I put my business school hat on. I remembered writing business plans in business school. So I I went and did that and did all this market research. And I'm like, there's a need for something different in the Philly market, blah, blah, blah. I'm really close with my dad. And so I would call him all the time. Like, gosh, I really want to leave. I want to start my own business. He was like, Elizabeth, I'm sick of listening to you. I dare you to do it. You're 29 years old. What's the worst thing that happens? Go and start your own business. You can always go back to corporate America. And that wasn't enough, right? I was still like um, itching. I'm not sure. So finally, my dad, who was retired from the insurance industry at the Mm -hmm. time, he said, look, I'll get my license. I'll help you. I'll help you build the business. I'll give you a year. I'll come out of retirement. So that was what kicked me into starting my own business. So So it was was the two of us. Yes. So we didn't know what we didn't know. And I think that that's good because if we knew what we know now, I probably wouldn't have done it. Very good. (laughs) Like Like what's some of the stuff that happened that you... Well, you know, like you have these grand ideas of like, okay, I'm going to do things differently. And we did do things differently. But then there's all the stuff that comes with owning your own business mm-hmm. that like is not glamorous and doesn't feel fun. Right. For example, do we have enough business insurance? What is it going to look like if we have to renegotiate our commercial lease? Do mm-hmm. we actually need to buy this office furniture? Like all of these little nuances that are to me were not fun but had to be set up. You know, what payroll company do we really want to use? Oh, there's fees associated with this stuff. Like 
common sense, yeah, small business thing. But I didn't know it. You know, I was like foolish in that way. But uh, so we started as a two-person. Yeah, I'm going to sell a house. It's going to be great. Uh, but we started as a two-person shop in 2013. I was the broker and he was my one agent. Very cool. <laughs> All right, Dad, hit the streets. Get the phone. Yeah. Start smiling and dialing, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that's excellent. All right, so now you're, so it's 2013. It's you and your dad. You have him for a year. How's that first year go? Like, obviously, there's all the stuff that you learned about it, and you're now in it, and you're growing. Yeah. When did you start bringing on other agents? Yeah. So I think I hired my first agent in 2014. Yeah. I didn't have any plans for hiring agents. I really just wanted to be like a one-person shop. I have to share with you that when I got into residential real estate, I had never sold one residential piece of real estate in my entire career. At that point, everything I'd done were big commercial buildings, land acquisitions, you know, development sites, all of this stuff. I had never sold a house. So that was quite a steep learning curve. Yeah, and I naively thought, I didn't have a broker. I was the broker. So it was a lot of, uh, it was a a lot of uphill battling in the first year or so, but I hired my first agent in 2014 and it was definitely by chance. She said, Hey, we knew each other for years through networking. And she said, will you hire me? I'm looking to get my license. She's no longer on my team. Not because she was a bad agent, but because as the years went on, I changed my avatar for my business and mm-hmm. what that really looked like. So, Great. so talk about and that. I'm sure we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're now you're growing, you're, you know, you've got someone and it's actually now a business because as soon as you got someone else in there, it's now not just, I mean, I think that's a lot of things realtors don't deal with themselves. Like they're running a business. If it's just them, yeah. even if it's them, maybe even especially if it's them like at a, box brokerage, you know, at a KW or even a compass or wherever they are, if they're, you know, if they don't deal with it, like they are actually a startup, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, right? And that's what you're talking about, all those learning curves and the, the bumps and the bruises. So now it's grown 2014, you hire someone, tell me about the development of the avatar and how you grew into, tell me what precipitated, you know, uh, linking up with compass and how that's been yeah. and what that looks like. Yeah. So I, um, you're right. I hired someone and then I hired someone else and then somebody else. And we have a small team and there were maybe five of us and I hired an admin and, uh, but I really still had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was a deal junkie, right? I had come from New York city. I was a broker in New York, right? Before that I was on an acquisitions team buying on behalf of, you know, large funds. So I was a deal junkie. I knew how to put a deal together, but I had no idea how to manage people. None. And that really hurt me, right, as a leader, because if you hire agents and you don't invest time and energy to develop them and show them the ropes because you're learning them yourself, it's not a it's not a relationship that I think would really go the go the length of time. Right. So it took me several years to figure out how to become a manager and really what the business model looked like for me. So I, I always have had coaches. I've had sales coaches. I've had business coaches. I joined an uh, entrepreneurship group in 2016, 2017 timeframe. So my business was about three years old. And this was a group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. 
in order to be a member, you have to run a million dollar business. And I didn't have a million dollar business. In fact, I don't know if you know this, Aaron, only 3% of women owned businesses ever reach a million dollars of revenue. I did not know that. You know that? Startling, right? But in fairness, only 5% of small businesses ever make a million in revenue. So they had an accelerator program, which was for people who we're in that like 300,000 of revenue to a million dollars of revenue. Mm-hmm. And I, I signed up for it. I was accepted into the program here in Philadelphia at their local chapter. And I was put in an entrepreneurship group with five other small business owners and a coach. So the coach was in a full-blown EO member running a million dollar plus business. And it was a year long program. And through that program, I figured out what I wanted my business to be, what the core mm-hmm. values were where I wanted to be as an owner, how to scale it so that I could get to a million dollars of revenue. And it was through doing that work, right? And really becoming quite vulnerable, right? Of, of where are my weaknesses? How can I grow? Really putting the core values of the company on the wall that forced me to change who I was hiring, how I was hiring, how I was going to grow. And that really started to occur in 2018 that I changed the business. And I said, okay, I want to be a manager who actually manages my people and isn't competing against them for deals. I want to be able to pull myself out of the day-to-day sales and just grow a team who is, who is living the mission of hospitality and real estate, of providing an experience around a home sale whether it's a buy or a sell or an investment that's grounded in, you know, our principles of transparency and professionalism and market expertise around the largest transaction of most consumers' lives. And it was in that work and in doing that that I was able to eventually became, I've become an, a full-blown EO member. And I now own a million dollar plus business as, you know, as a woman, I'm in that 3% and it, it was a goal and it's fabulous. And I feel awesome. really great that I was able to do it. Yeah. Great. And so, so you took yourself out of production in 2018? I took myself out of production in 21. It took three years to, to build the yeah. team and to have, to truly have the confidence to pull myself out of it. Now right. I look in fairness, I still sell like June is supposed to be the biggest month for most realtors. Right. Yeah. In June, I closed three transactions. No, I mean, it's past clients. It's people yeah. that you're like, oh yeah, I helped you buy that. Sure. I'll sell it for you. So right. I'm still in the game, but I'm not in the game in a very real sense. Right. right. As I would have been if I just kept yeah. being a deal junkie. Totally. I completely get that. And then anyone yeah. listening can get that. That's every team leader's struggles to, is to how to get to that point where you, you know, where are you? It's, it's a universal theme amongst team leaders of yeah. successful teams is they get themselves out of production. So they're not competing with their agents and their job is to grow their people. So that's, how did you make teaming up with Compass look like for you? Why did you go from being a boutique privately held business to a Compass affiliate? What does that look like? Yeah. So I told you in 2018 was when we put the core values on the wall and we started to hire just for those core values. You know, I hired for that avatar of of a professional. And I think culture and building a company culture or team culture, it naturally attracts or detracts people, right? So we lost several people in 2018 who were on the team that just didn't fit with where we were going, right? They have successful careers at other places now. But as an independent, 
I was always being recruited, right? I mean, constantly. It was like, which broker's calling today? You know, they want you to come on. They have all these packages to offer. They have all these things. But when Compass came about in early 2019, started chatting with us, I saw a shift in the marketplace in Philadelphia and really throughout the country at that time. You know, technology, if you remember that summer of 2019, I think Amazon got into the real estate space, right, with Realogy. And we started to see all these iBuyers and all of these things. And I thought the industry is shifting and I can either get ahead of the shift or I can fall behind the shift. And as a boutique independent focused on experiential sales and hospitality and referral-based business, Mm -hmm. I knew that I was always going to have a space in the marketplace, right? Because relationships come with you, but the consumer was going to start to shift their expectations. Mm -hmm. And so I started to think, okay, I can build technology or I can just do what I'm really good at, which is, you know, growing my team and sales and relationship management and all of these things. So Compass's platform is what ultimately attracted me to them. And it, it took them several months to get you know, our negotiation right, because I was so focused on protecting my team and the brand that I had built. And that's really hard thing when you're an independent to go into this much larger company that was actually still very new at that time. I mean, Compass didn't come about, I mean, the company itself is only nine years old. So it was pretty tiny. And Philadelphia at that point, they only had, I was agent 300 in Philadelphia. So one of the early batch for Compass. Yeah. And what attracted you? What was it about their uh, platform that attracted you? Yeah, so their platform, if you've, if you've ever, you know, kind of looked at it, it's a one-stop shop. So, you, you know, your CRM, your marketing tools, you know, your business tracking, your finances, everything is in one really seamless and easy platform. And that platform is translatable to your team is translatable to your clients actually, because you can you can share you know collections of properties all through the platform. You can communicate mm-hmm. through the platform. So I thought that was really innovative and I liked that. And Compass also provided a ton of support on the administrative and the marketing side. So we were given you know um, an exclusive marketing person to help us with our branding mm-hmm. and all of our collateral and all of those things. And then also we have you know, an experience manager who helps liaise with the technology. And so it was really a nice offering. And when I kind of looked at, okay, I'm coming from an independent where it's 100% commission to having to give something to a larger brokerage, what I thought I could grow into, Mm -hmm. it it was a negligible amount of money. And so that ultimately made the decision. And so we came over actually as quite a small team. There were eight total people, including the staff. And now we've grown to 15. Yeah, it's funny because that where I'm always you're and you were dealing with this before too. But now even as a team, you know, you're always dealing with agents that are dealing, think there's too many hands in my pocket versus yeah. no, I'm outsourcing. Now you're outsourcing all that work that's not your heart, that's mm-hmm. not really speaks to you. You're outsourcing that for whatever the cap is. So yeah. so I, I do want to get into it. So you, the cap it, the cap for your agents. At Compass is what eighty twenty for what? no so there, it's so it's not a cap system it's not like a KW where you know you pay uh, twenty five or forty thousand dollars it's a straight off the top fee mm-hmm. um, we because of our team size we're at one of the highest tiers so it's it's very negligible it's ten percent right off the top and then the agents they all split according to production 
Got it. So you have you have tiers within the team. So in, in the great team, the teams. Yep. And where do you split seven deals or is it a dollar amount? So it is based on gross commission income. Everything is on GCI. Okay, so great. what our tiers are, they're 60-40 to $100,000 of self-sourced GCI. Meaning uh-huh. if I give a team lead, it doesn't count towards the 100000 Great. Uh, 60, of course, to the agent. And then when they get to 100,000, they skip to 65,35 to 200,000, and then they go 70,30 to three. And if they get over 300,000, then they're, you know, obviously a very elite player. Um, and then their splits are more competitive. Great. I love it. And, 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 and that's after the 10% comps. No, it's gross. So the 10% to compass is taken out of my. Out of their the very, hmm? Yep. Okay. I'm sorry, the 10% of compass is coming out of your half or their half? Out of mine, yeah. Out of out yours, of out of the 40% or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. That's great. It's so funny because I do a lot of these interviews and I'm always interested in how to do it. And because, yeah. you know, we want to see what's competitive. And obviously Philly's different than Seattle, it's different than Kansas, is different mm-hmm. than Sacramento. Of course, yeah. But it's all, you should know, you know, Elizabeth, that that's completely consistent model with what's working across the board, no matter who I talk to. It's not always those. Two. Yeah. And it's interesting because look, when I was an independent, I offered my team 70, 30, it wasn't 60, 40. It, right. So having the resources of compass is something that, you know, right. of course dictates a lower split because they're just given so much that I couldn't give them as an independent. Right. That's dynamite. And in terms of lead gen and team meetings and, mm-hmm. You know, so they obviously they use the Compass CRM, but is, you know, how often do you get together as a team and yep. what do you provide in terms of, you know, admin and marketing and leads and talk to us about what you really do use to empower your team? Yeah. So I'm all about education. It's one of our core values where sh- we share knowledge at every opportunity. So we meet every Monday for a pipeline meeting at 10 a.m. Now, of course, Everybody on the team, with the exception of the the admin staff, are 1099. So you can't tell them they have to show up. But we have very good attendance. And we start off those meetings. It's like a kickoff to the week. And we talk about the wins from the week before. We talk about any new listings that people want to present. Because, of course, we want to try to keep the deals within the team if we can. We talk about any buyer challenges because inventory is such a huge issue right now in Philadelphia as it is throughout the country. You know, what buyers um, do you have that you can't find a home for, for example? Let's talk through those challenges. I like to do a team spotlight every week where I'll ask somebody on this because, you know, I'll ask somebody on the team to present for five minutes or so on something that they've done in the past week from a marketing perspective Uh that has been unique or, you know, some, some compass tool that they've used that has been really impactful for them. And then we spend the remainder of the meeting talking about any challenges that people are facing. And we almost do like a team coaching. Mm -hmm. And it's fabulous because as, you know, as the team leads, certainly everybody can come to me, but there's so much that we learn from collaborating with each other that that really kicks the week off on a good note. So sometimes, you know, people will come on the meetings and they might come in a little hot because they're they're stressed about a meeting that they're going to have later in the week. And the team really helps them to overcome any of those challenges, which is fabulous. Great. So we and do the pipeline meetings no. on Mondays. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask what else in terms of training and development, a new agent comes on. Yep. So I do a one-on-one coaching every week with each of the full-time agents. 
So I have currently eight full-time agents and two part-time. I'm not hiring any part-time agents. These are two agents that came over with me from Uh pre-Compass. So I do eight one-on-one, one-hour calls a week. It's a standing meeting via Zoom where the team gets coaching. They get coaching on techniques. They get coaching on challenges, on business development initiatives. We look at their individual pipelines, talk about, you know, where they have any holdups, what, you know, are they going to hit their goals this month? What does it look like? And I come at it from a perspective of nurturing, right? Like, you know, this is the experiences that I've had. Let me see if I can help you through them because I made a lot of mistakes in my career. So I'd love to see my agents not make the same mistakes that I've made. Mm -hmm. And then we actually have, we actually have a Friday meeting that we, we've sort of gotten away from where we did a learning session every week where we would bring in a guest speaker or somebody would talk on a topic, but it became too much for the team to have all of that training. So we've really scaled that back this year. Instead of doing the learning session, we did a eight week intensive starting January 1st with a Sandler sales trainer. So we brought in a third-party trainer who taught them techniques, not related to real estate, just basic sales techniques. And the team really liked that. And so we sponsored that very good. That's just fabulous. And do you have contract classes and, and ways of bringing new agents up to speed? or is it Yeah. Just- so in addition to what the team does, mm-hmm. Compass has a plethora of platforms, right? I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons we went with them. So they do Compass core training, they call it, where, you know, it's every week there's a different topic. They have You can go to a contract class. You can go to fill in the blank how to do basically anything as it relates to real estate. Um, And there's a weekly training. I think it's a monthly training schedule that comes out through Mm -hmm. Compass. And then they also have what's called Compass Academy, uh, which is an online um, portal that has recorded sessions from agents throughout the country. So I really encourage that with my team too. That's awesome. That's fabulous, Elizabeth. Great. Uh, Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you about? Is there anything reason you came on the show and you're like, God, I hope you asked me about this. No, I I mean, I always love meeting other realtors, other entrepreneurs, other team leads. I mean, I think we can all learn a lot from each other. So I was, I'm very grateful to have the conversation with you. Um, No, there's nothing specific. I think you know, one of the challenges that a, a lot of team leads have is how do you retain people and what. You know, it's funny, I was at a team lead mastermind at Compass last week. And one of the questions to the panelists was like, how do you not lose your players when they become players, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was a really interesting topic. So one of the things that I do is just really drill down. I always recommend team leads drill down on what the culture of their team is. Because culture makes or breaks you, right? Yeah. And you're naturally going to find that people are attracted to it or they're repelled by it. Yeah. And it's the critical aspect. I mean, we've let top producers go when they were out of culture because mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You know, or people that yeah. we've loved, loved, but they don't produce. And you can't have people that don't produce around it because it kills the culture. It's just That's it, correct. It, you know, everything it brings everyone down. So 100%, everything that you're saying is completely consistent with you know, it's, it's your own cut at it, but it's completely consistent with the overall, which is you're in the business as a managing broker or as a team leader, you're in the business of growing your people. Mm-hmm. And that's really the name of the game. And I love that, you, you know, you bring the hospitality element into it. It's brilliant. 
Thank you. We're enjoying it and we're having a lot of fun with it. So we'll see. I mean, now the market is shifting a little bit in Philadelphia and I think that, and probably across the country, but I think that's a great time to build market share, to build Mm -hmm. your teams, you know, to really shine because people flock to quality and consulting when the market becomes a little turbulent. Yeah, totally. It's great. All right. Last question I always ask people is what are you reading? What should we be reading that we're not? What what should I read that I haven't read? What am I reading? I just read Radical Confidence uh-huh. um, by Lisa Bilio. Have you? Yeah. It came out in May, and I was listening to a podcast where she was interviewed, and I thought, how fascinating. Let me let me pick up this book because the, the podcast really resonated with me. So I just finished it. And one of the things that she challenged in that book, which I thought was so cool, she was sharing this story. Do you know who she is? By I, I follow her on Instagram, but I have Okay, to- so you know. So she started Quest. Uh, nutrition bars, I guess, with her husband. And one of the games that she and her husband used to play as they were building their business was no bullshit, what will it take? No bullshit, what will it take? And so they would say something like, you know, I'm going to sell your realtor. I'm going to sell 25 houses this year. Okay, no bullshit, what will it take? And build the plan around that. And so I loved it because it was all about you know, so many of us can get in our own way. We get in our own way all the time. And how are we going to get out of our own way so that we can be greatly impactful in Mm. this industry and in this life? And so that's a book I highly recommend. Excellent. Perfect. It's now on my list. That's great. Check it out. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, Elizabeth. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Delight to meet you. I'll we'll stay in touch. I'm sure that we'll, you know, now we have partners, you have partners in the Northwest. I got partners out on the East Coast now. It's great to meet you. Perfect. Thanks for taking the time. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Aaron. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine and Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.